across the nation and around the world. It's once again time for an exhilarating episode of Saints Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, draw near and hear. How's everybody doing? We should get some kind of a catchy opening like that. Really set us apart. You know, like Johnny Carson. What do you think? I think that's a terrific idea. You know, like the old radio days. You hear the door open. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. Or we could do the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I guess we could do it to leave it to Beaver since Eddie Haskell passed away yesterday. Isn't that a shame? <laughs> I had no idea that he joined the LAPD. Oh, I didn't. I didn't read anything about him other than he had passed away. Yeah, he said he treasured the time on Leave It to Beaver, but it kind of type cast him. You know, is he doesn't know Eddie Haskell, <laughs> and so he couldn't find a job. So he signed up for the Los Angeles Police Department and was a police officer since that time. Well, that's noble. Yeah, that's he noble said once uh, once he got shot, but the bulletproof vest, vest, uh, <laughs> bulletproof vest. <laughs> Got your breastplate on? Is it bulletproof? <laughs> Saved him. Anyway, yeah, that's a shame. And and on a very somber note, you let me know this morning early that our dear friend Ravi Zacharias passed away. And um, I I know we value what work he labored to establish in the way of apologetics and how desperately that's needed in this hour we pray that um, his his work his ministry which is populated with a great number of people will continue and stay true to what God envisioned when he started that thing yeah I I have a lot of respect for Ravi Zacharias and you know you there's a lot of voices out there none without significance but the thing with him you know we've talked so much about truth the voice of truth and the way that it's been contested over the course of the years particularly recently and really came came against us as a people as the saints um, one of the things about him is he spoke truth I mean just pure truth from scripture and so whenever something would would kind of leak in that didn't bring doubt but that you know maybe we we just wanted to because sometimes different people express things in different ways like you could preach on one thing and i could preach on the same topic and our messages are not going to be identical but he was always one that that i knew that if i had a question of course i always ask you first but to gain his perspective was always very um, refreshing and also came through with such confidence that it was scriptural and truth and and not in any way a gray area. Yeah. And so I, and, and, and you know, you talk about apologetics in, in areas that are difficult sometimes for even the most spiritual of us to understand. And it's not that we don't know right from wrong, but just to give you an example, I don't know, four or six months ago, I, um, I encountered through some friendships the topic um, of homosexuality in the church. And of course, we know what the Bible says about that. But that's not something that we necessarily, it's not one of our go-to sermons you know teaching things like that and um and so i was confronted several times by god-fearing god-loving people that wanted to debate that whole principle and I, I remember talking to you about it and then i remember just it's like by the spirit he said just google ravi and see what he says about it and and i did and there was this 10 minute youtube teaching that he spoke on from scripture about 
homosexuals in the church, and it brought such clarity to um, to my heart. But there's just some things that I don't know if if everyone is like this. For me, I'm sure you're probably not. That that we've that we're embarking on in the ministry that maybe I don't know how to explain. You know what I mean? I don't feel equipped to debate it. I guess I should say that. And and so he was one that, that could help us with that. And that just comes, you know, you told us, what, three or four years ago, we have got to, to really start um, recognizing that apologetics is going to be a part of our life, part of our ministry, and we're going to have to know that we know that we know what we believe and why we believe it. And so um, we're sorry to see him have passed away, especially now. But the Lord, I mean, I have no question that he's with the Lord and rejoicing, I'm sure. So that was kind of a long... Um, oh, that's, that's excellent. That's a wonderful tribute. Uh, you know, it's just something we, we focus so much on delving into the things that God has um, commissioned us to do. Right. And um, honestly, uh, I don't, I can do it, but I really don't like doing those kinds of apologetic things. You know, it's kind of something that you know people have a, a an anointing for that and Ravi definitely had that and um, and so when, when you have an anointing in a certain area you um, it's kind of like what the Bible says about every part supplies yeah when you have an anointing in a certain area you commit that to the Lord and then you, it's I don't want to say it's easy for you but it, it kind of is uh, to to exhibit that that um, that gift in the way that God anointed you to minister, and you can tell a lot of times. I've said this in the past, and I know we've both seen this. All of us have seen it. Sometimes when a ministry gets out of their anointing, mm-hmm. they step out into an area that you know good and well. Even if they're a, a giant in this area, particularly, sometimes they wander out of that path where they're just a regular citizen in another, and their words still have power, and it can be a very challenging moment. And, um, um, you know, there's a lot of ways. Here we go, chit chatting. Here we go. I was reading a book about misused passages in scripture, which I saw and I bought it. Do you have that book? Mm-mm. And so this guy was writing and he was talking about all these things that were really good because this guy was, is smart. And then he started talking about unknown tongues. And as soon as he got started, I thought, all right, this guy is not a Pentecostal and not only is he not a Pentecostal but he kind of has it in for us so I'm reading this book I'm reading this chapter and he said some things that were really good things that I thought that's a great insight this is a great insight and he talked about the outpouring in Samaria and he talked about all these different things and he was saying some things from a perspective that most of the the Pentecostal theologians have not mined. And I said, thank you, Lord, we can can use that. Of course, you know, you're studying all the time. So this was just historical insight. But you could tell that he was, in a lot of other areas, he was talking about something that he had no experience in, that he had not, it's the old man with the experience, it's not the mercy of man with an argument. And, um... And you could tell it was almost like he stepped out of his armor into the field where he was just, just like one of the grunts. That's so dangerous. That I mean, that gives me anxiety just <laughs> thinking about that. That's so dangerous. Yeah. And so you know, it would be nice if we could get to the point. See, so often we think ministries are be all end alls, and they are not. No. 
I think I think one of the things that we know is well, what we've seen about diversities of tongues, how it should be in the church. Pneumaticos people should be in the church, but they're not. And we still need to be ardently praying that God would open that door because, you know, there are a lot of moves of, of the Spirit and God's in it, but the missing part of it is the things that God said that we've been privileged to, to see in the Word that speak about diversities of tongues, that speak about the proper measure of, of interpretation, that speak about the pneumonicos and the mouth of two or three witnesses and that kind of thing. It's just regularly not there. Even if there's the Spirit of the Lord, even if they speak in tongues, even if they don't speak in tongues, even if there's great music or they've got this ministry or that ministry and people are flocking to it, every, the church needs... Um, what every part supplies and you know I appreciated that about Robbie I told about the, the the wedding that my niece and Robbie's nephew um, Matthew um, got married a few years ago and so Robbie was going to give the, the the main sermon and it was a sermon it was about 50 minutes long but we had lots of coffee, and it was fine. He was in, it was it was enjoyable to hear him, and but talking to him, I mean, I just just the the times that it was just he and me there in the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner and and the other things, you know, because you're kind of as family and especially if you're involved in the ceremony, you're kind of set apart. He knew that what I was doing in the thing, and I was actually leading into his sermon, and. But he was just a very gracious, mm -hmm. very gracious man. And um, he wasn't a name dropper either. No. And that's one thing you and I have seen sometimes when we're traveling. We'll see people and we think, man, how many names could that person have thrown in to three minutes? I mean, how many people could they impress us that they knew? This guy has counseled kings. And you would never have known that just from what he from what he spoke the only thing he said was oh we both flew in from Dallas it was a rainstorm that night and I said well what were you doing there he said well I was speaking for Charles Swindoll this past weekend and um, that's not a name dropping that's just what no, you it's asked just what him. he was doing yeah and and he said um, hey next time I'm in Dallas I, I have to come back and he he said I'm he said I'll uh, I'll reach out maybe we can have coffee maybe we go out with Chuck <laughs> and take Monica with you. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, you know, uh, Lord, you'd have to make you'd have to make that happen. How fun is that? You know, I'm. I don't. I just know that what our message is, you can't argue it. You can't. You can't break down people's traditional viewpoints. The only thing you can do is manifest it in a way that is of God and something God said to me a long time ago he said I will make the appointments mm -hmm. and that's been at times you know we we want to do the work so so quickly and so effectively well God wants it effectively you know the quick part is he's never in a hurry because the suddenly is going to come and it's all going to happen. But God's the one that's making the appointments, just like he has in every other way. You think about it. Every open door that God has availed to the saints over the years, people that we know who are our family now, only God could have opened that door. Only God could have done what he did to unite us and that's just the way he's chosen to work so we pray for Robbie's wife she's a very dear very dear woman and the family and um, um, I, I've been in touch with with Matthew and will be again with he and Jess sometime the next few days you know I intended to go up and see them next month after the West Virginia gathering, after the East Liverpool gathering, but that's not 
happening right now. But it is happening in the spirit realm. It is happening. That was a long diatribe. Well, I think you hit on some really good points, though, as usual. <laughs> Just in that, you know, every joint supplies. And, and what we do is not the same as what he did. Yeah. And so it's nice to have that that trusted resource because so much, I guess, over the last couple of years that I've noticed, and part of this was that Noah, my son, was in college, and he had to take an apologetics class. And last summer when he was home, or whenever he was home for an extended period of time, I don't remember when that was, um, it, he was rehearsing with me some of the things that he had to write papers on. And, I mean, it was... It was challenging things. I mean, I he would tell me what he would have to write a paper on, and I would think, gosh, what would I write? Because so much of the church now seems to be absorbed in social issues and the way that, it, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that we're not responsible for what's happening here on earth. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that our our calling is intercession. Our calling is partnering in the mystery, the revelation of the new thing that God is doing. And and so when I say I could go to that source to explain something to me in something that I was facing here upon the earth, I can always trouble you. I know that. And trust me, I've done that enough times. But to take you off the top of the mountain in the presence of the Lord when God is revealing a mystery to you for me to ask you about some social issue that I'm faced with that... You know, help me to know what the Bible says about this or to have an understanding so that I can have a dialogue. Um, it's nice to have those trusted sources. But the key word here is the trust. Yeah. And and so. Yeah, and I think I, that's really true. And, and I think one of the things that I've noticed, and I haven't really been thinking about this, but Ravi's passing brought this up. Um, there's a humility evident in the I don't want to say the true people of God because God's got all kinds of people. He's got a lot of odd friends too. Uh, but there's a humility that stands out in people that are really confident in the Lord. And that's something you want to look for because yeah. the meek inherit the earth. Not the bodacious, not the bold. The meek inherit the earth. And, you know, I remember, um, I won't go, there's just, you've had encounters too, but, um, you know, my, my mentor here, uh, Brother Noah, I remember I was just a, a kid and I was like 18 years old, going on 19 when I interned for him, and he had a knee problem. So I drove him around to different places, and that was a gift from God. Well, I didn't really know anything about Brother Noah. I, I knew I, I knew he had this huge church in Oak Cliff, but I, I didn't know anything about him. But from the moment you met him, he was just dear. And I remember one time, I, the faith movement was just blowing and going right then. And it was rooted right here in Fort Worth and in Oklahoma. And um, so I, I said, Brother Noah, do you mind if I ask you? you know, we've had discussions about the faith movement, and I've, I've loved listening to Kenneth Hagin, and he's supposed to be the father of the faith movement. And, you know, there's Kenneth Copeland over here and lots of these other folks, and I'm just talking. And he said, well, he said, these are, these are all good men. And you have to, you have to believe that when there are good men and women that God is going to shine through in some ways and the people who may not be so good is not you to judge they'll be they'll be found out mm -hmm. and he's talking about these things and I'm thinking this is just really wisdom and then toward the end I said well have you ever have you ever met any of these guys have you met Kenneth Hagin and he said Oh, Kenneth Hagin and I are very good friends. He said he pastors my church for me when I go on vacation in the summers. <laughs> and he went through this whole thing talking to this young kid that, that, I mean, and never once said, he and I are very dear friends and he pastors my church for me for two weeks every summer. 
Never said that. And I was stunned. And I don't know why I was stunned, because then I found out that, you know, he was the guy that would organize the big meetings for the latter rain people that came through. And there was a picture that was that his wife had of him and Catherine Kuhlman and William Branham and um, Gordon Lindsay. And Sister Lindsay attended his church. They were dear friends. And there they all were because he had arranged this big meeting for all these people to come into Dallas. And they all looked to him like their father. And But you would never know it. We would go down to the farmer's market every every Friday afternoon. I'd drive him down to the farmer's market. And we'd walk through. And he'd get this and he'd get that. And every one of those people, he'd talk to them about their fruit he, or their vegetables. He'd talk to them about where their farm was and how things are going. And at the very end of it, he'd say, are, Do you know Jesus? Have you met Jesus as your Savior? And... I mean, I never saw anything like this, the way he was. But I guess what I'm saying is the humility that was there. And and I I, I remember when uh, I was ordained here. See, you got you got to serve in a church in the assemblies for two years on staff and not get in any trouble. Then you have to, you got to pay your tithe to them. And then you have to take this big test, and then they say you can be ordained. So, um my ordaining time was coming. It was over at Calvary Temple. And you got to have a guy, somebody who's going to pray over you. So you have to pick who this is. Well, I was here with Fjordbach. And I thought, I appreciate this man. I honor this man, but I don't want him ordaining me. <laughs> so I had to put on my, which you've seen so many times with me, my schmoozing face. So I go into Fjordbach and I say, Brother Fjordbach, I'm going to be ordained. And I said, the natural thing and the most normal thing would be for me to ask you for the honor of you praying for me. But I was wondering if you would mind if I asked Brother Noah, you know, his wife has just passed away and, you know, he's retired and he's just living by himself up there in Red Oak. And I said, I think it would really be a, a great but And I meant all this. I think it would really be a nice thing if I would ask him because he, without him leading me to Dallas, I would have never been here. He said, oh, sure, 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 sure. So I thought, thank you, Lord. So I drove out to Red Oak and sat down in this little apartment Brother Noah was living in. He was so happy to see me, and he went over and made tea for me, and we sat there and we talked and talked for a long time. And, and I said, Brother Noah, I, I come to ask you a question. I said, would you be willing to pray over me at the district council for my ordination and he looked over at me and he started weeping tears started running down his face and he stood up and he came over he, he's still having trouble with his knee and he embraced me and he said I would be my honor and I thought that that is that humility, that meekness, that princely spirit is something that we really need. And um, so it was a real honor to, um, to have him do that for me. And of course, then my parents came down. And this was the first time. Well, they came for, for when I got married, but they, this was their first time coming and so my dad was just a country guy you know he 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 was a nice man but he butchered the king's english you know he he was just a nice man but he he wasn't educated and um brother noah sat by him and they talked and they laughed and brother noah was asking him all these things about his upbringing and about people that m maybe my dad had known who were in ministry, and it, I had never seen anything quite like that. I mean, that was that was a gift, but that is a gift, and that's very similar to what Ravi Zacharias had. And I know there are men and women out there like that, and I have to believe that that's more Christ-like than anything that um, 
any demonstration of power or glitz. There was a reason the children wanted to come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, um, boy, you know what? If before prayer this morning you'd ask me if, if we would be talking about any of this, or if I would be, I would have been stunned. So I'm done with memory lane. <laughs> what, what memories do you want to regale? I imagine your grandfather was that way. Very much so. Dr. Peak. Very much so. I just, <coughs> during this quarantine <coughs> and having Noah at home, I have somehow persuaded the men in my household to clean out the garage. <laughs> oh, you can turn that into an apartment back there? Well, eventually we are. <laughs> right now, I just want to put my car in there. But we've inherited so much, so much furniture, antique furniture, from my grandparents and from um, some different sources. And there's several motorcycles. There's just a lot of stuff in the garage. But that's. But I have there. There's a garage. There's two two car garage, and then there's a room that's attached to the garage, that is filled with boxes of books that were my grandfather's. And in that little garage is pretty much my inheritance. <laughs> And so I've been worried about them being out there in the garage because I don't think that it's very well insulated. But so I've been asking that that be cleaned out. And so it finally got cleaned out. And, and so when I went out there, <coughs> just to check on what was happening, I walked into that little room and I walked straight over to like one of the boxes and I opened it up and it was filled with my grandfather's Bibles. And I have been wanting to find his Bibles for my whole life. I mean, since he's passed away. And so I literally spent like two days going through these two gigantic boxes that are filled with his study Bibles with all of his notes. And um, it's been like a treasure for me. Wow. Of course, Noah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny about stuff like that because probably the one that I would have kept and used is the one that Noah immediately honed in on and said, Mommy, can I have this? And of course I'm going to say yes. Of course you can. But um, that, was, that was somewhat of a treasure. But one of the things also that I do have is right before he passed away, he wrote a book on the Psalms. And I know I've told you this probably a half a dozen times, but for whatever reason, I feel like the Lord has had me in the Psalms for this year, 2020. And I've been faithful to that, and in the process of cleaning all that stuff out, I found his book, and it's all handwritten or typed on the typewriter. It's like a combination, and so I feel like the Lord wants me to take that and get it published. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but it's going to take some work, but um, anyway, so that'll be something that is just a little project that I'll have. I would love to have it done by the end of this year, but it just depends on if time permits so wow well that's exciting yeah well when it when it gets ready tell us and we'll make it available for our saints network family you know what it's like i mean writing a book is one thing but editing a book is a, a totally different animal yeah and he he was so incredibly intelligent and wrote so beautifully but it's just going to be interesting to read through it and um, see how much. Because, you know, you think about the works of Tozer, the works of Oswald Chambers, all the, you know, the works of all these old patriarchs that have passed on that, that somehow their wives, their children, somebody gets a hold of them, revises them, and puts them out onto the market, and they become treasures for people for years and years to come. So... It's it's it'll be interesting process. So. Well, that sounds like an exciting thing. So they finish the job. My car's still not in the garage. Wow. <laughs> it, they, no, it's not finished, but it's it's a work in progress. They've gotten they've done a whole lot. So. I'm glad the the Lord warmed it up really well. For yeah. Us yeah. For those of you who don't know, it's. It's in the low 90s now here in Big D. and um, But we're all good. And we trust you are too. I had the lovely privilege of speaking with Captain Sparrow uh, for quite a while this past Friday. So uh, 
I'm grateful to know that all is well with uh, the east coast of Florida and uh, we know that God is watching over all of you and he's protecting you and he's he's keeping you um, I've been really uh, blessed by the goodness of God during this season and even though we've had to make a lot of adjustments as as all of us have um, his 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 goodness has been evident and um, the way he's speaking is is quite profound um, you know I've been doing this exhortation thing on the valleys which I thought well you know this is a good thing for it when we started it when I started this is a good thing to do just to encourage the people to keep praying about the promises so I I just off the top of my head wrote down the list of the ones that I wanted to do but I've recognized that God is is truly speaking to us through that and um, you know like tomorrow I'm gonna speak I'm believing I will on Joshua in the Valley of Trouble and and I believe that it's something for us today I'm not going to go into it now but you know the whole mess that he dealt with with Aiken and you know the breakthrough in AI and you know there there's just a lot of scripture there and I think we're there right now and I think I think part of what God's been doing in us and how many times have we said this um, God's been bringing up things and refining and cleansing I think there's been a lot of God removing a lot of troubles out of our life um, which is what Aiken means trouble don't you like that we're gonna have a son what should we call him how about trouble <laughs> you got a, a sister coming and call her trouble waiting to happen you know <laughs> we got trouble right here in the valley starts with T and it ends with E and it anyway um, but you know this past Sunday we talked about um, the mulberry tree and that tree of wisdom and I, I think we're here in this year of wisdom and God is God is causing us to wait and we've already we, we were already knowing a lot of tremendous victories and God was giving us the, 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 the continent of South America he still is and inroads into Mexico in, in great greater ways and other places I, I firmly I firmly believe now I didn't declare this God didn't say thus says me but I firmly believe that with all the things that we had laid out from the Lord all the things that we already had established and the different measures of warfare that we knew were coming for South America. I firmly believe that by the end of the year we were going to be in Eastern Europe. I just I just knew that. And so God was already giving us that great victory like he did at the first part when the Philistines came. And I I'd never I'd never really paid much attention to that business about the 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 play the Bales, Bales gaps, which is Balperides, you know, the the plural mm -hmm. of Peretz. I never paid much attention to that and the strategy of it, and that's why those those goofball Philistines brought their their idols and they set them up in those in those locations, and then for God to Peretz into that in the first battle was amazing. That in in the Peretz. God then broke through on them in Parats. That is, that is an incredible spiritual warfare prism for us who've studied Parats and Parats. And David, the tabernacle, establishing the gaps, we need to believe for that as we go that the breakthrough, the Parats of God. But then God has wait, has us wait. And, and we're waiting in that tree, that mulberry tree but but then for God to march the sounds of him marching you know so you've got the gaps you've got God breaking through as a flood 
And then the next thing he does is he marches in with his army, with his army. That's incredible. And I think that's one of the facets of what's happening right now. This is a worldwide event. And, um, you know, I'm thankful it didn't happen this way, that somehow something happened that caused us not to be able to move while everybody else was moving about doing whatever they're doing. This is a worldwide sign. And it's like, you know, I was looking the other day at, at, at the book of Revelation where there was silence in heaven for a half hour. And I'm not saying that that is what's happening right now. But silence is siege and it's to be kind of waiting for a breakthrough. I know it's a, it's a derivative of siege. It's S-I-G-E and it's silent, but it's silent waiting for the breakthrough. It's kind of like your demeanor in the midst of the preparation for breakthrough. And that's what silence is. People try to, to wait on what the 30 minutes is in heaven and we've done the things. And I know I've done this too. How would, this, how would this be? <laughs> yeah, well, that's another thing. How many months, how many years would 30 minutes in heaven be? And John was just eyeballing it. You know, it wasn't a big clock up there like big, big God, the big clock, you know, Big Ben. He was just thinking this is about a half hour because there's no time in heaven. They didn't have Apple Watches. They didn't have that. I bet their signal didn't reach there either. But, you know, there was there was a suspension of things between the seven seals and then the seven trumpets start blowing. And I'm wondering whether that is not just a cataclysmic eschatological thing I'm wondering if that's not the pattern of how God moves. I'm wondering if God doesn't say in his seven seals, this is what I'm going to do, because that's his ways. It's what's our authority. And then there's this waiting period where everybody's just waiting for a breakthrough. And then the trumpets begin to sound. And you, you read that. It's fascinating. So I'm wondering whether, a, whether it's those seven trumpets or not, I think the thing is, and you can't make a doctrine out of this, but this, these are pneumatic house principles. If you if you line up the seven way the seven seals, and then you look at the seven trumpets, you see parallels between them and what God wants to do. I mean, you can line it up with the seven spirits, but I, I really think that we're in a, a place where we need to be actively, aggressively embracing this waiting time. And we need to be ready for the sound of God, the sound of the march. There's one thing when the seals are open. There's another thing when the trumpets are blown, the sound. And that sound is going to release a fulfillment. And I think that's what's coming. So we, we, need to have a, we need to have a channel, as it were. We've talked about this, where we can discuss some deeper things, just have a deeper thing because you know I don't really think that I can talk about this over the air because just anybody could be listening to this but you know you know the way we operate you do I do the Saints do we we don't go off of what some Weisenheimer across town said even though they may be God's holy Weisenheimer we've got to have a leading from him and we've got to begin seeing it in the world we've got to compare spiritual things with spiritual but I'm telling you the other night I woke up and I was thinking about this 30 minutes of silence and I looked into it and um, this is what I felt and it, it's just I think we're ready for the marching in the trees you know God breaking through when the gates have been gained and then you wait on wisdom for his suddenly and then he's at the head of the army mm -hmm. he's at the head that's another Parat's thing the Lord the breaker goes forth and one of the earliest things that we see in that was the breaker and you know uh, that that parats we see it first when God breaks through in the places but when the head of the army is going forward whoo man what a what a thing and you know I, I was also thinking about um, um, how that that passage that you have taught on and I mentioned it the other day 
about the Valley of Baca, that's what David was talking about because Baca is the mulberry. And he was talking about how I'm trusting in the Lord, I'm resting in the Lord, and here's what God's going to do through that mulberry exchange. He's going to open the ancient well, which is what he did when he broke through Parats. And then there's going to be us being able to learn and then teach and train, and they're going to be, there's going to be uh, the, 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 the mighty... Uh, pools that are going to be exchanged that will go forth from here, but then the army from strength to strength the Ha'il Ha'il and that, that's basically what happened in that valley in that exchange with the mulberry trees and so David's made a psalm of it and but we're there we're, we're, we're there all of these things are waiting on the Lord we're there mm-hmm. and so tomorrow we're going to look at Joshua in the Valley of Trouble, but then we're going to look at another passage that speaks about a door of hope mm-hmm. in that valley and what that means for us in this season where God is cleansing and purifying and um, how then his strategy is going to be greater than anything that we have imagined. And it usually involves a change. You know, David had a change. Joshua had a change at Ai. Paul had a change before he went into Macedonia. Before the great epics of God, there are changes that God brings at the last minute. So anyway, as you can tell, I'm just sitting around studying. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Totally. It's so good, though. So good. So. You know, I think about, I I think about the waiting, and there has been a lot of waiting for me personally, um, as a person and as a saint. But at the same time, I feel so, I feel like my spirit has been so engaged. And it makes me think about, the passage in the Psalms that says, Be still and know that I am God. And it's probably not the same word. But I always thought about that. Just the reality that during this season, think about how incredible the manifest presence of God, of God has been. He has truly been revealing himself to his people in the deepest most amazing ways you talk about his goodness his goodness has passed before us so many times or at least it has for me and 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 (coughs) so for me to be still and to wait and to know that he's God and I think about how many times in scripture I keep running into these one was with Joshua one was with Moses one was with David when he says this it the battle is the Lord's we are poised and active in this battle I mean you can say we're waiting and still but the intercession in the battle has been profound for me and 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 what I have to keep at the forefront of my heart and my vision is who he is and that the battle is his and I am just partnering with him in the midst of bringing that battle to a point of victory or a point of parats a point of point of breakthrough but I'm just here to tell you the Lord I think about I think about when when he when the when the tomb was found empty and he began to make his journey to the disciples and and he ran into the two men from Emmaus on the road to Emmaus and they did not recognize him yeah. he had to have appeared to to them in a different way he had to have and I believe God is doing that. I believe he is revealing himself in such an incredible, fresh, new way to us that, I don't know, it's just, it, I'm just, I'm marveling at the way that he is, his presence has been so constant. And yet at the same time, I have this incredible yearning to know him in a deeper way. Yeah. And and that does require that we be still and know that he is God. But I think about, you know, I kind of seg- segued here, but 
the battle is the Lord's. Think about what he said to, I believe it was Moses, when he was talking about them crossing over. And he said, he was, well, he said he was going to send the angel because of the stiff-necked people. But he said, I will defeat all these ites. And he lists off all these ites. And then he says the same thing to Joshua. You take those people over and watch me. I'm going to defeat the, hi- the, the Hittites and the what, whatever. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the King of Saints and the, the captain of the, ho- you know, the host of the army. I mean, I, I just marvel at what's happening. And the way that he, I know this is a worldwide thing, but his, eye, his eyes are on us. That's true. They are. I'm glad you said it. They are. His eyes are on us. And his heart is geared towards us being prepared and developed and ready for what lies ahead. And it's going to be extraordinary. So, yeah. Well, that's a good word. And, too, I was thinking, too, this morning about, you know, this whole distancing thing. You know, because I'm sure that all of us have asked the Lord, you know, what's in this? You know, what? And there's so many different ways that we can interpret this. But, I, you know, I was reading Word this morning. And he was talking about how nothing can separate us from the agape of God. Nothing. So we can be separated in the natural. But nothing will separate us from that unity of his agape in his heart. Nothing. No principality, no power, no nothing. Height, depth, width, breath, nothing can separate us from that. And I, I just, I find such comfort in that. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, praise God. Well, uh, we mentioned, or at least I think I did earlier on, that for those of you who have not heard, we had to postpone the gathering in West Virginia and Ohio. I guess the more we, we we need to say this just in case anybody didn't hear and you made plans to come. We didn't cancel. We postponed. And due to circumstances that were outside of our control, uh, that occurred. But we are um, we really believe in God for his his best plan that is going to be manifested uh, in the time to come. I mean, we are going to be um, coordinating with some of the indigenous teams for, and they're always doing activations up there. Um, Pam and Candace and the folks that they function with um, and um, at least in that Morgantown, East Liverpool area. I'm sure that Haley and Goldie and her church do things in Hinton. Um, but point is, for the, the, the organize, organized thing, particularly in East Liverpool, uh, we're going to be working with folks up there to go and do things that when we know they're happening, we'll get a word out to you that you can be in prayer. And... Um, also, um, we'll do our very best to have uh, some live stream teachings on that Saturday morning. I believe it was June 13th. That's not, f- we'll let you know. Is it the 15th? Well, let me just check. Um, I talked with Scott the other day. 13th, Pastor, I'm sorry. 13th. And he, uh, he agreed to be here to get the cameras up and running. So we'll be announcing that. I guess for Pastor Pam to reach out and for for, uh, the other leaders there to let people know in that region these these are for you and um, so we don't have that all planned out yet but it will be happening we're praying this week for um, our our not everybody in Europe but a lot of the leaders and pastors who are in Europe in the Saints Network and uh, today we're praying for uh, Alan and Colette 
Yay. In Verfier. Uh, tomorrow, Uncle Michel and Robbie from Tournay. Yesterday, Luc and Sylvie. And this or Lick and Sylvie. Lick, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, oh, thank we love you, you, Luke. Lick and Pastor Licky. Um, the um, seminar for France was supposed to be this weekend. And um, it's not happening. But we're praying. And we're asking for you to contemplate sometime this weekend offering a measure of fasting for what God wants to do there in Western Europe. And um, we're going to be doing some audio teachings Friday night, Saturday. Well, it's from here in the United States. It'll be Friday morning, Saturday morning, and Sunday morning. Um, four, four different sessions. And, but that will correspond in the afternoon for the people over there. So Luke and Sylvie are reaching out and advertising that this is going to be ready. And so um, you're welcome to come online. And I'm thinking that it will be maybe, I don't know what, I hadn't even thought about this. Luke's going to take it and put he it He posted on, on the French Saints Facebook. Network Facebook page, yes. But on our website, I don't know where it may be under message of the week, probably. Or French sem or seminars. Does it have? Do we have French seminars? I don't know there? if we have French seminars, but I'll check that out because I know we have seminars. Well, we'll try to figure it out. I'm not sure how many of you are, are going to want to tune in to hear French teaching, but it will be available if you want. So we'll try to figure that out, and I'll say it tomorrow. French seminars, we have a tab. We do? Mm -hmm. Holy smoke awoke. All right, so it'll be under French seminars. Mm -hmm. We have that on here? It's on the website. Wow. Yeah, and there's even recordings on there. It is incredible. Okay, so those are announcements. Um, we have eight minutes left. We've been all around the world. We've been in heaven. We've been talking about all kinds of different things. Warfare, intercession, presence of the Lord. Man, oh man, what a what a delightful meal we've had so far. Hmm. Um, it's, um, it's a blessing to be able to walk with the Lord in this way. And I want to encourage you to continue to declare the blood of Jesus over your life, over your family, over your ministry. Um, that was another point of waiting. You know, those people waiting there when the death angel was passing through Egypt and the blood was their covering as they waited. I think that there's something profound that's going to, to happen at Pentecost. I do. I, I was praying this morning and just reading the the account of when they were waiting you know Jesus told them to go and wait and thankfully you know we've we've received the gifts of the Holy Spirit and of the Father but I'm really believing that that Pentecost is going to be um, something that's very profound for God's people this year and and we need to honor it not just as another Christian holiday but as a time when the Spirit of the Lord is going to flood in and and fill us afresh with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want that. I always want the infilling of the Holy Spirit when, you know, I, it, I, and so I just, I believe this Pentecost is going to be an epic one. Not that they're all not that way, but, um, you know, you think about this, this, this quarantine, and I know we talked about that word meaning 40, and it's been past 40 days, but you think about this quarantine launched off from the weekend of our national our, our our seminar right i mean it began during that time yeah. but the lord allowed us to go through with that and see that to to fulfillment we it's been the two months of the fast of feasting and it quite likely might cover pentecost you know we i know things are opening up but we're still in this state of of um 
what do you want to call it? Separation. Yeah. Or, so, I, I just don't believe, oh, Easter. Also, Resurrection Sunday. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. <laughs> Maybe Father's Day. That's in June, but I just, I really do believe that Pentecost is going to be something that, that I want us all to be ready for the, the fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I want that. So, and I know, I know that, that that is something that is so, um, you know, when you think about, we think about being in ministry, we think about going out throughout the world, and then being, I don't want to say stopped, but, but it's ceasing for a season when we had all these things of going forth scheduled and they being canceled and God has us where he has us according to his eternal plan. And I can't help believe that so much of our warfare involves affecting the atmospheres when we step out. And, and how do you do that? You do that through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I mean, what's inside of you and what ma- his presence that manifests within you is what affects when you go out. It's not so much that you have a great message, even though that is something that accompanies that. But the power of the Holy Ghost is really where you see atmospheres change. And, and I just believe he's going to, he's just going to, he's going to pour out into us into such an overflow that our cities are going to be changed. And the nations are going to be changed the atmospheres are going to change and so i want to see that happen <laughs> and that was kind of a clumsy no, way to say it but be filled with the spirit and walk in the spirit and know the power base that's within you as the spirit fills you and and brings you to that place of overflow it's not just so that you can feel really good and spiritual it's it's so that in the midst of the spiritual battle what is within us is stronger than what is without and so that's good preaching that's good preaching all right well we have one minute so bring it home bring it on home now Oh, Robin's already at Robin's it. Robin's she's flying around there like a little fly. Little little fly just flying all about. Um, I'm um, very grateful that God has given us such a wonderful Saints Network family, which includes you, all of you dear folks that are so much a part of our lives in so many integral ways. And we speak blessing over you. I'm very grateful for you, and um, I know that you're going to be blessed tomorrow. It's my understanding that Pastor Luke is going to be giving an exhortation in the morning, and on Friday, my understanding is that Francine is going to be giving a word from France, and be in prayer for Western Europe this week, and um, let God let God use you in your intercession during this time. Uh, it's not inactivity, but it's, it's waiting. And um, we thank you for that. So we'll look forward to coming together again tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday Night Live will be up probably around uh, lunchtime. And, um, you know, once again, I know it's called Wednesday Night, night Live. But, I mean, I just don't want us to run into an issue where somehow Spectrum decides to test their system and it's time I'm ready to broadcast, the Internet goes out and everybody's saying, what, what is it, where is it? So we just want to make sure that whatever God is releasing that you may want to hear is available for you to hear it. So that'll be up tomorrow. Um, probably around lunch and um, that's about it so thanks for tuning in today thank you Monica for making the sacrifice to be here and um, 
Thank you all for making the sacrifice of listening to the things I've said. And we look forward to uh, when we can all be together again. So, till next time, God bless you and goodbye.